We're back on the Exit 52 podcast. It is Sunday night, September 24th. It is Banks, it is Jake, uh, and it is an instant analysis for uh, <laughs> a Ravens masterpiece for the ages here, brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, our presenting sponsor, who we love. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the show goes tonight. I don't know if it's going to be a super fun one necessarily. Uh, Brian, how you doing? Uh, today's a fever dream. I'm beside myself. I can't really believe that all the things happening today are real. Um, all the different ways that we managed to lose that football game and or have it taken away from us. I think there's, we're going to dive into that for sure. Cause you can look at it from a lot of different angles, but I've also just like fever dream of this Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing. That's just taken over the planet right now. Um, the only thing that's just totally on, you know, to be expected here is the way the bears are just getting blown out. But um, yeah, like even the Dolphins putting up a 70 burger, like just a weird, weird Sunday from so many places. And I'm just down in the dumps uh, with this just shocking loss. Like I, I, you know, I didn't join the preview show this week, but um, if I did, I would have said I didn't feel great about this game. It just had one of those ominous feelings. Um, and I thought so many times today that we were going to push through it and win anyways. And we just didn't. Um, just like so many kicks in the dick uh, throughout that late second half overtime scenario. But anyways, how are you doing? I'm weird too, man. And you've already got the Dexter shower gift loading. That's that's wild. We're three weeks into this it's thing. It's loading. I guess that's fair though. If you did the celebratory one last week, you kind of got to bring it back for this one. So it's, yeah. you know, it makes sense. I, yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm sort of at a loss for how I feel right now. And I kind of went into this on Twitter a little bit, but I'm almost like, I'm almost disappointed at how not mad I am and how not shocked I am at that. That was a crazy game. And it was a game that the Ravens would should have won five different ways. And they just shot themselves in the foot at home at the bank in front of a, a pretty raucous crowd. I think I wasn't there, but it looked like it was a, a pretty decent one. And they just go out there and in a week three game in September, crappy weather, you know, not a whole lot to get excited about. They go out there and they just shoot themselves in the foot and they lose it. And I'm disappointed at the fact that I am not shocked by that because we've been doing this now for multiple years in a row. And I said this on Twitter, like they're probably still going to make the playoffs. If I were a betting man, I predicted this team, like I said, to start out at two and three and then write the ship and finish at 11 and six. And that's all well and good. And that might still happen. you know, they're two and one, the sky is not necessarily falling, but when you talk about the ceiling with the team and when you talk about them exceeding expectations and when they talk about, or when you talk about them exceeding your own expectations, it would have been nice if they could have just gotten off to a three and O start here and just taking care of a, their business against the team they should have taken care of. When you do that stuff, that's what gets you to a 12 and five, as opposed to a 10 and seven. That's what gets you to a 13 and four or whatever it might be versus an 11 and six. Like that's, these are the kind of wins that you have to have if you want to be in that Kansas city, you can throw Cincinnati in there the last couple of years. You can certainly throw Buffalo in there the couple of years before that. If you want to be among that top echelon of teams, these are the kind of games you got to take care of business in. And they've just, they've shown a penchant, even in the 2019 season, they started out two and two, they lose that game to the Browns. And I know they ripped off a million games in a row and you know, they make it to the divisional round as a one seed and they lose there. We all know the story, but they just, they've shown a complete lack of killer instinct in September for whatever reason. And it just like, if they could just get one or two more wins in these spots where they really should just open up the briefcase, punch in the clock and go to work and get it done, they would set themselves up so much better and they just can't do it. And it just disappoints me. And like I said, 
I'm not really mad. I'm not really shocked. And the fact that I'm not is really what's kind of eating at me. Yeah, it's the it's the missed opportunity side of things that feels like the gut punch to me because, look, the way that the offensive played beyond that first drive is probably the offense we could have expected and would not have been mad at if they had shown up last week and played that way. They have all the reasons in the world to struggle with the offensive line in shambles and uh, just some pieces banged up there. Um, and they played so well last week that it, it kind of recalibrated our expectations. And now we're kind of back where I think we should be with given the, those who have gone down, but to your point, and I was thinking about this just before we logged on, it, it's ambitious to think this way, but in, in a one playoff by era now, this, the margin for error is so thin yeah. and you're going to expect to lose games throughout the football year. It's just the way things go. But these are the ones you have to clean up. You have to take care of business against the the team that's ultimately going to land at 7 and 10, right? Because that's probably about what the Colts are. And for us to piss away a game, especially when kind of the chips were down and, and, and we were flailing for a good two quarters there, and we found our stride and put ourselves right in position and really had the foot on their throat and made a few tactical errors strategically, um, made some poor decisions, had all the opportunities in the world to just make that one play to finish the game, and we didn't do it. And that's what hurts the most is that, you know, through all those speed bumps, we were still there in position to get the job done and should have gotten the job done. We simply didn't. Um, it's just one of those things where you can see, like any team when they win a game that was as much of a roller coaster like that one, you're going to see a, a big celebration on the other sideline. But the way the Colts celebrated that, they knew they stole a football game today. And that's what disgusts me the most. Yeah. And it just like, they had it. I mean, they, they had it when they, when Gardner Minshew or Lovkeed himself out of the end zone and the Colts punted away. Zay Flowers doesn't take a fair catch. They get one timeout. All of a sudden you're talking about a very different ball game. They might've still got the ball back, but they probably would have had 40, 45 seconds to work with as opposed to what they wound up getting. And I know it went to overtime and there was a lot more going on after that. There were mistakes within the overtime, like, some very weird play calling from Todd Munkin, I thought. And like you said, very handicapped along the offensive line. This running back room is a travesty, and we're approaching a need to really need to do something with it, I think. Uh, and just weird play calling there with Melvin Gordon. I thought Lamar, outside of that first series and then maybe that other touchdown drive, I thought Lamar was very scattershot today. And I think he didn't trust his offensive line necessarily. I don't know that he trusted his receivers as well either. There was a couple balls behind guys. The one third down throw to Isaiah Likely, he kind of put it on the numbers, but it was a weird throw. It was low, likely dry. It. That one maybe would have won them the game as well. And yeah, he just, I thought he played poorly. He had the two fumbles, one of them lost. And then obviously he had the Kenyon Drake fumble early, which really did kind of change the tenor of the game. And it just, it's a Ravens shoot themselves in the foot five different times type of way. I mean, shout out to, or I, I guess it was Braylon Edwards. You guys were talking about him, not Plaxico. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of that Plaxico <laughs> type game where you're just, you're getting yourself in all sorts of trouble. And you know, you could play with your food a little bit against a team like this and still put yourself in position to win. I mean, Gardner Minshew, is, uh, he's a, he's a fo- solid backup. He went, you know, 10 for 10 at one point today. He was leading a couple touchdown drives. Thought he looked solid. But really, it was just them scratching and clawing to get Mack A into field goal range. And I think he made five total field goals, four of 50-plus, which had never been done before. One of them to win the game there in overtime. And, uh, yeah, man, there's just... 
not a whole lot to say. I mean, I wrote some stuff down. I guess we can start to get into here. Um, and I guess really my main takeaway with the offense, it just looked really bad in every single facet. I mean, it was execution and it was play calling. Like I said, Lamar scattershot, play calling bizarre. Uh, and I'll give them, like I said, I'll give them a little bit of a pass. I mean, you talk about these injuries. We, we cannot gloss over the fact that Linderbaum being out, Stanley being out again, and that's just going to continue to be an issue. We totally get it. But then Odell Beckham missing. I think that maybe takes away a little bit of respect as far as uh, who you have to look to if you're that defense. And Rashad Bateman didn't get much going today. It sounded like there were some weird, uh, you know, weird looks that he was getting and stuff that was making it hard for him to get involved. But yeah, just uh, a, a weird day from the offense, uh, a sad day, a bad day from the offense. And uh, I don't know what were kind of just your general thoughts with those guys. Yeah, they they had two really brilliant drives, and the rest of them were were kind of dog shit. And I, I wrote the post-game blog here, and I kind of bullet-pointed all the things along the way, and a few of these things we've already touched on, a few of them we may get into here. But um, the fumble there by Drake is just like the catalyst of the, the spiral for two quarters there. Um, four fumbles out of eight plays, it, it was disgusting, and some of it was – Maybe you chalk it up to the weather, but other things, it's just like just laziness and, and carelessness with the football. Um, another play that I think uh, is, is certainly worth mentioning is Lamar taking that sack there with 18 seconds left in regulation. Yeah. Um, makes a hell of a throw to Aguilar there to kind of give JT that chance. Um <laughs> But at the same time, if uh, I mean, you're laughing because you know I'm going to go on my rant. Here. Well, no, I'm going to um, say that I so I tweeted out 60 yards from JT here for the win. It wound up being 61 yard or he missed it by like a yard. So I was like, oh, I was a yard away from being right there. But continue. Yeah, it, it just, um, it's just such a sack in year, year six for him that he just can't take. And I know that he had made multiple plays. I mean, with three and a half minutes left, there was a big play where he looked totally screwed and and snuck his way out and ran for the he had two know, of those. sideline, got yeah, the sticks, he, he, moved the chain. Unbelievable play, and I feel like he was trying to replicate it, but there, it's just one of those scenarios where, you know, whether it be Munkin calling down um, on the headset, like it, it just has to be emphasized that a sack is just completely unacceptable in that scenario, and a throwaway is not ideal, but it's perfectly fine because you stay there in that, I don't know where they were about the opponent's 45 at that point. And they just needed the the ten yard throw to the middle of the field to kind of get them in position to really give JT that that true chance to win the game. And uh, yeah, it it just decimated a drive that had a lot of promise. Um, it, again, like just there were moments of brilliance that were negated by moments of idiocy, uh, which seems to be the mo for Lamar Jackson these days. Um, I mean, he, it seems like he invents new ways to turn over the football, like the pump fake, uh, fumble it off your other hand. There was some, there was some, there was some Jameis vibes on that one. Right. Yeah. Which you don't want. It's reading. Um, but there's just like all these little points along the way, the likely catch that he failed to make, of course, is a big one. We haven't even talked about the, uh, the previous drive to that one, uh, third and six, you know, Flowers is is running a slant and he's wide open and he had pressure in his face, but he throws it behind him. It's shades of the the Tyrell Pigram throw against Ohio State on a two-point conversion a few years ago. What a pull. Just one of those things where you just don't know, like, because of the pressure, you rush the throw and 
the receiver's just not on the same page as and what's, the weather just sit, and what's so frustrating about that or, and what's so frustrating yeah. about that those were the throws that Minshew was making all game they were pressuring the shit out of him True. and he was just dropping them off into his running back's hands and then they were get, taking advantage of the wide receiver size against some of these Ravens smaller corners that maybe shouldn't even really be on the field right now uh, if all things were equal so it, yeah you're, you're totally right it's just tough it's tough to swallow um Man, it's just like, of course, the the officiating we can point a finger at too, um, and I, they deserve to have their finger pointed at them too. But when you just look at the big picture of all of these things the Ravens could have done right, and if they just do any one of these things, they probably pull it out. And we're not talking about any of them. It stinks. It stinks that this is the the outcome, and that we have to talk about that. It's just one of those things where you kind of just got to resign yourself to the fact that NFL officiating is just going to be bad. And I used to like be on this block of like, this is horrible. They need to like try to do something about this. They need full-time refs. I think they started to do that. They like, it's just like when the, and this is kind of a similar thing to like the tax code or something like that. When it's just like when something is like a thousand fucking pages and like the rule book has so many permutations, all these different things, that's just not conducive to success with older guys that are surrounded by dudes that are flying at each other a million miles an hour. You're just not going to be able to like, when things are just overly litigated, they think that, okay, we're going to add more language. We're going to do points of emphasis. We're going to, this, this year we're going to emphasize pass interference. This year we're going to do uh roughing the passer. This year we're going to do this. And it's just like, it's just this fuck soup of like, I don't know what's going Like, what are we doing with these guys where we're putting them in position to fail and they totally suck at their jobs and I'm not excusing it, but like, it's just a broken system, you know, all the way to the core. And it's going to lead to moments like that. But in a game like this, and like I said, I used to I used to be the person that would be on the corner, on the block, screaming about how terrible that call was. I just can't do it anymore because the Ravens, like I said, they, they beat themselves in this game six ways to Sunday. And it's just, you know, what else can you say? She lived an amazing life, I, I, you know. I, <laughs> I, uh, I agree with you from a macro standpoint about just the, the state of NFL officiating. It's just, what can you do? You throw your hands up. It's Brian Billick and the replay system. It's just like, I tried league. I got no more to say. I got just, it's fucked up. It doesn't work. Whatever. Um, and you almost got me a little chubby there with uh, talking about internal revenue code. Yeah. Talking R- I knew RC, you would like that. Yeah. I thought yeah. you would like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just loser football. Like I'm trying to to really capture this in an they played way, they played they so played scared yeah they played scared they uh I mean I know they went for that fourth down and that was the play okay. where they had the bad call and everything so that's one instance where they did but really when you look at the play calling on the offensive side of the ball I mean six point five yards per attempt for Jackson I know you're missing Beckham but like let's try to push the ball a little bit especially with these Colts defenders sucking down and trying to make plays against the run and doing a decent job of it at times Jackson actually ran for 101 yards and he had the two touchdowns so he was a weapon in the run game but outside of that you got Edwards going for 51 Gordon 10 for 32 3.2 yards and then Zay Flowers the only one uh the only other player getting a touch in the run game for a, a two-yard gain there I mean they're just there wasn't a whole lot going on in this run game outside of Jackson and I wish that they'd opened it up a little bit more a little bit more Mark Andrews up the seam. They did that a little bit with him today. They got likely going kind of up on that little choice route or on the first drive, I think it was. But, man, you got Zay Flowers for a reason. Fire it down the field and make this defense respect you a little bit more. Try to get Rashad Bateman involved. Try to do something. It just it wasn't there today. And uh, I think that does go back to play calling a little bit. Yeah, it was interesting the way that they dialed up a lot more for Lamar in the run game. But at the same time, they they – 
they flailed there for about two quarters and the Ravens got a really strong, what I call it a statement stop in the middle or late third quarter. And the Ravens got the football back and suddenly they start trotting Ricard out there and start shoving it down their throat. And that was the, the one of the two very successful drives in the game. And it was frustrating to see them, you know, the Colts march back down the field, get the field goal, make it 16, 14. And we did what we had to, to obviously go down and get that, that field goal ourselves. But we never went back to that successful formula, which was confounding, especially when it got to be overtime. And I feel like teams still play overtime as if it's a two minute drill and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You can play possession football in a 10 minute overtime, especially when you force a three and out to start it. So um, yeah, I think the the play calling is going to be a little under the microscope. That may just be one of those things that you do because of the outcome. You know, that's just today's sports talk is just how it goes. But um yeah, it's 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 frustrating because you look at, I mean, I don't know how many drives they had. They had to have between ten and fifteen drives, and you would really only call three or four of them, you know, successes. No doubt, and yeah, I mean, really, I think you hit on it all there. And as far as the offense and the play calling and Monkett and all that goes, like, I'm willing to certainly give it a pass, especially how good they looked last week, and especially how handcuffed they are right now as far as the injuries go, and as far as like the overall outlook of the team i know people are gonna fire harbaugh fire munkin lamar contract all this kind of shit like i'm not really worried about it from that perspective it's just the overall like this is a team that i think will be in the playoff picture and these are the type of games that really help you ascend to a different stratosphere than the one that they've been living in when they've been lucky the last couple years so you just you got to take care of your business in these games defensive side of the ball we got to talk about that a little bit i mean i i made this comparison kyle hamilton looking like kyle bradish out there an amazing game, yeah. but he gets no he gets no support. They don't get the win. I mean, three sacks, one TFL, a batted pass. He forced a fumble that they didn't fucking recover. That probably would have made a huge difference because they, yeah, yeah, they would have at least got a field goal out of that probably because it was in their territory. But man, it's just tough. I mean, I thought they looked solid all the way down. I mean, Queen and Roquan, I thought they looked good once again. Pass rush, I think having some issues finishing with four still, but it's just kind of a, a reality of the modern NFL a little bit. Clowney looked really good. Uh, safeties were solid again. I think, you know, Stone, he might have gotten banged up at one point, so something to monitor there. Corners that was a hell of a catch there, Yeah, I got to say, by Pittman. Yeah. Which is, again, like, they went and made a big-time play. Yeah. Taking a shot down the field. We never really took that shot. We took one early in overtime. Lamar mailed it by 15 yards, and it wasn't really there anyways. Yeah. But regardless, to that point, take enough shots and something's good's going to happen. And it'll open know? up it'll open up the run game too if you start to do that a little bit and make them think about the think about that and then kind of bring it up in the run game and they, they'll you know be on, be on their heels a little bit but yeah it just uh it's it's a shame to waste this defensive performance because I thought they were really solid I know they gave up over 20 points but it was overtime and the kick to win but yeah they they had some issues against the run here Zach is saying uh Zach yeah. Moss had a really nice day he also had the catch he kind of mossed funny enough Patrick Queen on that touchdown uh and ran that one in so yeah, he looked solid, but, you know, he busted a few, but they were also kind of all over him on the uh, the interior. I thought they keyed to it really well. And outside of the drives where, yes, Minshew was just kind of picking them apart a little bit and they were just going to quick game and making it easy on Minshew, I thought they looked solid and it's just a it's a damn shame to waste this performance. And uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's just another one of those things where it's a backup quarterback at home. Like, you really got to... You got to look maybe a little bit better than they did and take care of your business. I think if they made one more play here, then uh, we're probably talking about a W, which sucks to say because they made the play to force the safety and obviously the three sacks from Hamilton and 
I don't know, an almost turnover. Uh, it's just, it's, it's one of those weird, weird, weird games. And I think Spenny made something to the point of like all this weird shit happened and the Colts barely beat them. I totally get it. Uh, but not to belabor my other point about needing to just take care of your business here. But yeah, if the defense had done maybe one or two more things, we're probably not having this conversation in this tone. Yeah. Yeah. We're just kind of circling around it and saying the same thing over and over. And just like, this was the gist of my blog. It's here's eight things that if just one of them goes the Ravens way, maybe two, we're talking about, we're not even talking about it. We're not listing them off. We're talking about, well, it was a kind of a rough one and they didn't look so good. And the offense has to go back to the drawing board, but we're three and oh, we're feeling good about ourselves and we're off to the races, you know, and also patting ourselves on the back for winning without all those names. And Oh man, what, what a gritty win like, with all these injuries. And, you know, they get themselves in this tough spot, with, you know, against, you know, a trap game. Oh, but they, they get it done. Like that's totally what the conversation is. And I, w- I would certainly be one of those people. Yeah. And I got like, this was going to happen. I got to talk about Jay Feely for the entire drive there. Once they got near midfield, just preaching about how easy a field goal, you just got to get it to basically the logo as if Detroit and Baltimore with the weather, like it was today storm had come through um, as if that's apples to apples. Like, come on, man. Like he's talking it up in advance of the kick and everything. And then even after the kick comes up short and he kicks what looks like a perfect ball, it damn near split the, you know, the, the stanchion or whatever you call the thing um, and comes up a little bit short. He still acted shocked that he didn't make it. And I think, you know, deep down, all of us were also a little bit surprised, but this painting of the picture, like that was a chip shot is just ludicrous. And I wanted to strangle him the whole time. And I'm not, I'm not an announcer's jinx guy by any means. Like it almost like that whole discussion and that phrase annoys me just because everyone thinks it's so cute to talk about, but the way he just went on for on and on and on, because they've a three man crew and he's kind of like that third wheel and he's the kicking guy. He's just trying to insert himself in the conversation the whole time. And um, it, it just, it, it, it soiled the experience for me. I'd say he really that is whole, he- like, <laughs> Ugh. I'm glad you brought this up. He is one of the great thirst buckets of our time. Taking the picture with his daughter <laughs> and like her date with the gun in his hand and like he's the, a fucking kicker who wore gloves. Yeah, fuck Jay Feely. I felt like, and I tweeted about it too. Like I was, everyone, yeah, like, and he, he's doing the kicking analysis, but then he's also like, we can say what we're gonna say about Lamar because he's our guy. But he's like, oh my god, you can't make that, that mistake. That is absolutely catastrophic. It's like Jay, you were a fucking kicker, man. All right, can we just like dial it back a little bit there? Like that, that was just kind of annoying me, and then. James Lofton, it feels like he's on a different broadcast than those other two. I thought Beth Moens was fine. And it just, I don't know. They continue to get the D team from CBS. I feel like we need Taylor in here to have this conversation, but it was uh, it was pretty this brutal today. This is his wheelhouse. And I think he'd have some, I mean, he knows Beth Moens and um, just in terms of experiencing a lot of her broadcasts on those noon Big Ten games, which uh, I don't know. I'm personally not a huge fan, but um but really Jay Feely stuck out there as just a real pain in the ass today. Um, tough. And, and it, I'm talking about all this and, and JT not making the kick obviously sucks. Just absolute kudos. And this is like, this never happens. I, don't, I can't think of a single time I've ever had to do this. Mad kudos to Matt Gay. What a fucking game from that guy. Yeah. Big, is- big, big kicks over and over and over. And he piped his, like even JT's 50 yarder was a little bit, yeah, hang on there, ball. Like, you know, 
stayed stay right and it stayed in as we all expected to. But um, man, that kid was piping them. Respect to him. That was yeah. This is kind of your game with all the all the kicking stuff going on. I'm glad it's kind of just you and me for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Another little thing that we got to talk about: punt coverage for a second consecutive week. Suspect. Not great. It's not. Um, no. And uh, Talon Wallace went down. Doubtful. I don't know if he ever came back. Um, that's a little concerning. But I mean, I saw um, Isaiah Likely kind of get stuck in his tracks, not knowing what to do once he got down near the football. Got blown by. I think twice. Um, so I think there's uh, special teams between the safety punt, those uh, those things, and and Duve kind of looked asleep at the wheel until that return. Which should have um, won them the game once again. I mean, should it's have just, won them again. Yeah. yeah. Um, special teams is is it's I don't know if it's uh, a red flag for us, but it's I think we got to touch some things up there. Yeah, it's uh, I mean like. And it's funny because this kind of is, and it's not the exact same thing, but this feels like an analog for that Dolphins game last year. And, uh, you know, special teams kind of was an issue in that one a little bit. Or, may, no, I mean, they actually had the DuVernay uh, kick return touchdown, so maybe maybe I'm thinking of another one. But they had some special yeah. team issues last year. Um, and, yeah, they, you can't you can't afford to have that happening when you've got a special teams head coach. Just, just another thing that just cannot be happening. And it just went against them a little bit. And, uh, you know, they the Colts, to their credit they played the field position pretty well their punter was doing a nice job he pinned the ravens uh and i don't know if that's where the one of the fumbles happened but yeah the ravens got pinned in their own territory at one point and it just uh it's got to get dialed in like you, you got to get better with the uh, the special team stuff i mean and it's unfortunate because stout you know quietly another good game for jordan stout he had a couple yeah. couple pin punts there um and yeah just a, a wasted effort a wasted effort for for jordan stout i mean just like kyle hamilton the same exact thing yeah, he had his first real like moment with that coffin punt that set up the safety. I mean, that was rewarded in in kind. Like it that was a beautiful punt. It's what you dream about. He sauced it as he, you know, deserved to do. And it felt like another occasion where it's like, all right, we got this game just about wrapped up here. Just got to kind of go through the motions. And I was totally uh, expecting, it's funny because I was totally expecting, and this goes into what we've been talking about with the overall conversation. I was expecting a third and 10, like long completion of Pittman. And it just totally just stabs me through the heart, but no, they came through, they got it done and they still managed to, to let this one slip away somehow. Yeah. So I don't know. um, If you kind of stand back and look at the big picture, you know, three games, two and one, probably where you would hope and expect to be three and oh seem like a bonus it's just not the route in which i had thought we'd get here yeah absolutely kind of leads to some confusion and i like gus edwards out don't know what's up with him things are like you said the running back situation is going to need to be addressed in some manner here evaluated for you guys are talking about you guys are talking about jonathan taylor um you know spenny was a, a, a lot more on that train i thought you rightfully reeled him in and said, I think that's a little too rich for our blood, but. Having some technical difficulties here. So I'll just kind of pick up where you left off and we'll see if you come back in, but yeah, I mean like I, I, yeah, you're back. Okay. So yeah, I like, I'd be down for it if the price is right. And like, I'd rather not pay him a big contract and I'd rather avoid like anything more than a third rounder. I'd probably do a third rounder. That's fine. But we really have to see, and his situation is so weird because he's in a contract year and he wants to he wants to get paid, absolutely, but he doesn't have to start reporting until like week eight. So they could trade for him and then he, you know, 
maybe he wouldn't report or maybe he wouldn't want to go anyway because he wouldn't want to play until then. So that's that's just a, a weird situation there with Jonathan Taylor. Not a lot of leverage on the uh, the buyer side of things, I think. But yeah, there's, uh, I think a move is going to have to be made because like Gordon, funny enough, I thought he looked solid today, but he just feels to me like a fumble yeah. waiting to happen. And then funny enough, Kenyon Drake, who did look solid at times last year, he had the big fumble that turned the tide of this game. So you're just dealing with some uh, not serious people, as our, our, our man would say. Um at the running back position right now, as far as uh, 2023 starting options, it's just tough. And Gus getting evaluated for concussion, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, yeah, man. And this, these injuries just continue to pile up. I mean, it's the same thing every year with this team. It feels like that's another, another hallmark of, uh, of these things. And I had said, uh, they're kind of still in the preseason right now. And it would have been nice to come out of the preseason at three and oh, but nope, they're, they're at two and one. Like we said, would have perfect been perfectly fine with them starting out at two and one. I would have expected that probably, but having it happen this way is just really, really disappointing. I'm curious. I'm, I'm maybe getting out in front of a, a hot take that you're going to hear here in Baltimore this week. Um, Lamar in particular, but the Ravens as a whole, are they just like a really poor team in the, in bad weather in the rain? Cause okay. I think, the game that had me thinking early on that it was like, oh, through rain, shine, like whatever, we're just going to play our football and win is that Niners game in 2019. But then you think of numerous examples the last couple of years where, you know, if if those ideal situations kind of aren't laid out for Lamar, like what are we, you know, is that a major concern? Because I feel like the hot take artists are going to pounce on that if they haven't already. Yeah, no, I mean, I, there's something, there's probably something to it. I mean, people are going to play not as well in cold weather, right? It's just a matter of how much can you take. And I mean, it's funny because he, he probably really had two that year in 2019 when they went up to Buffalo and he's wearing the baggy like white sleeves. I thought that was such a good look on him, by the way. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was a really cold environment. He came through in that game. But since then, yeah, you talk about the Patriots after that, uh, that November mm-hmm. Masters when they lost it. I think it was Cam Newton and, that, you know, a monsoon in that game. He didn't play well. Uh, and I think that might have been that was I think the Nick Boyle injury game, a couple yeah. other ones, yeah, a couple Buffalo of, playoff game, Buffalo sure playoff game, out. yeah, very cold. Buffalo at home to open uh, last year or one of the openers of last year, the Josh Allen, um, <laughs> the Josh Allen uh, roughing the passer call. That was a rainer a rainy uh, game, and yeah, man, it's uh, you know there's probably not nothing to it. I mean, why would he? He's from South Florida. I know it can certainly, the weather's not great in Louisville probably a lot of the time, but it it, it wouldn't shock me necessarily if this was kind of an issue with him. Yeah. It, it seemed like the, the carelessness with the football really dialed up there in the second quarter. And um, are, are we not taking shots down the field? Cause there's just a lack of confidence in him in that scenario, making those throws. Like I, I we're left searching for answers because of the lack of shots down the field here. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they they had one each in the first two games. You had Beckham, which he connected, and then you had Flowers, mm-hmm. which he connected. But they just really haven't tried much beyond that. And I'd like to see them get into it. And I'm sure maybe he's, maybe Monken's playing a little bit of poker, and he is going to set that up for what they would assume to be the bigger games. I think they probably, to be honest, I think there was a little bit of hubris, and they expected to win this one uh, with their hands tied behind their back. Um and they didn't. And you, you learn a little bit of a lesson here, just like Kansas City learned a lesson against the Lions in week one. You know, it's very easy to just kind of take these games for granted. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you just kind of. Uh, <laughs> I, it's I, I, the, that classic, like, should should I be searching for answers or should I just burn the tape on this one? Yeah. Or should you learn the tape, as you've famously said in the of past? Of course. Yeah. 
I do famously say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just something to, something to consider, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. You are right that I think people are going to be jumping on that. I think, uh, you, you, listen, as we well know, you, you got to find stuff to fill airtime sometimes. And those guys are, uh, they got, they got, um, window advertisements to sell. Yes. Um, I, I feel as though this might be a good time for me to drop in Spencer's official statement. Sure. Um, which you alluded to at one point. Brought to you by Fed Thrill Sunglasses, promo code XT52 for 10% off. You, uh, 20% off. 20% Jay. off. I keep, I keep confusing that with one of our other great sponsors, but yeah, forgive me. <laughs> uh, okay. It took three bad calls, three fumbles, and three 50 yard field goals for the Ravens to lose down nine starters on to Cleveland. Spencer Schultz, also Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's just like that. That's, that's football guy Spenny looking at it from a logical perspective. He does this after every single time one of these happens, and I love the guy and I respect him for it. But I also like, eventually, like I just get uh, into a little bit more of the emotional side of the pattern, where it's like we just keep seeing this shit happen over and over again. And like, yes, it, you're totally right, but like maybe they should just start fucking winning these games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then at what point after all these things start to happen, do you just? Like, of course, you want to improve upon them, but do you just start to accept that's just who they are? I, that That's where you get real existential, and that's a, that's a dark, dark place to be. Yeah, no, it is. And listen, it's not fun to be in those spots, so I, I would no. prefer that they would just kind of tighten these things up and let's just try to win these things when they come around. Because, like, you... <laughs> Like I, like I keep saying, it's the, the margins are razor thin. Try to win the football game. The margin, yeah, exactly. You try to win every NFL game. The margins are razor thin between 11 wins and 13 wins. And like those are, and all, and listen, they've been out on the outside looking in, you know, at least certainly from the divisional round the last couple of years to begin with. So you, you want to get yourself there in as easy a route as possible. Let's just make it a little easier on ourselves here. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Yeah. Home playoff game would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, wouldn't it be great? I mean, that would be, it's been a while and the last one, not so much fun. So we got to exercise some demons here and let's start that in week three rather than making it, you know, more difficult on yourself down the line. Just, just tie your shoes, make your bed, brush your teeth. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, successful people do every single day, believe it or not. Am I onto something or like, you know, <laughs> you're getting real I don't know if you know Billy Carlin. You're getting a real Billy Carlin on us here. Oh, yeah. That's, well, listen. <laughs> that's that's a whole rabbit Eric hole. Eric would appreciate that I'm one, sure. But. Oh, I'm sure. That, that, that seems like just two people on very similar wavelengths for sure. Um, but, yeah. Okay. 35 minutes. Anything else before we get rolling? No, I'm just, it sucks. It just sucks. I uh, hate losing. Um, that one was not a fun one to, to lose. Um, At least you didn't get I, off a plane and go right to it. That would have been rough. Yeah, that would have been rough. Um, I've been. I, there was a point in time there where I was like, "Do I just want the tie? Do I just want that to just hang out there and be in the standings?" And um, I guess all in all, of course, yeah, I would have taken the tie in hindsight. But that the the desire to get out of that football game was so high for a good 20, 25 minutes there. Like, let's just—I don't even care. Just get me off this ride. Yeah, it's just it's one of those ones where you you don't want to watch, but you are glued to the television. There, there's been a lot of them the last couple of years. I, th I really think back to that like Packers game with Huntley. I was like having a panic attack in the middle of that thing, and then we all know how that turned out. Uh, but the sweet release of a loss and death, you know, they, it always comes for you, whether it's a victory or whether it's a loss. Closure always comes. But yeah, okay, is that all we got? That's it's. Uh... 
Bring it home here, Jake. Okay. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Rain, sun, shine, wind, snow, whatever it is. We'll be here. We'll be here breaking them down for the instant analysis, uh, which was brought to you also by Black Eyed Susan Spices. This is 10% off with code XF52. Check those guys out. Good time to get involved. If you're making some chili, if you're doing some uh, some fall stuff, uh, throw some of that spice in there. It's good, good stuff. I've been doing that with some of my uh, breakfast sandwiches, and it's been fantastic. So check them out at blackeyedsusanspices.com. Shout out to Fed Thrill. Shout out to Jimmy Seafood. Also, Jimmy Seafood uh, throwing crab cakes and baseball with Eric Ardita tomorrow. I don't know if he can still get a ticket, but if you want to check their events, uh, tab on their website. Maybe you can uh, see if you can get yourself one and go attend that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to Eric. Shout out to Grayson Rodriguez, uh, who are going to be hosting it. Uh, we're very excited. So thank you guys for listening. Not, you know, not super fun to do these after uh, after games like that. But I think we uh, we got some good. Uh, we got it out there a little bit, a little bit of a therapy sesh. What else can you really do? What else can you say? You know, I. <laughs> um, Thank you all. Follow us yeah. on social media at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter at Barstool Banks. I am at Jake Luke. Exit 52 Podcast on Instagram. And also subscribe to that YouTube page. Let's keep getting that cranking out. Spenny's doing some good stuff with film review. And uh, he and I will be back this coming Wednesday for the jumbo set. And then uh, schedule's going to roll on, have some Orioles content dialed in for you, I'm sure, as they uh, continue to push toward what's looking more and more like an AL East title. It looked like it was uh, slipping away from them. They've still got some business to handle. You know, maybe they should think about making their bed here in the next couple games. But uh, we've got that to look forward to. Like I said, Jumbo said on Wednesday, as always, I will be out for preview and review this coming week. I will be down at Ocean's Calling. Anyone down there, hit me up and maybe, uh, you know, we'll buy each other a drink. That'll be a lot of fun. But thanks, as always, guys. We will talk to you again very soon. Peace. Reproduction.